2: It is indeed hour number two of the Bob France Authority underway. Nine minutes past ten o'clock on this Friday. A free-for-all Friday on the fifth morning of the of the tenth month in the year of our Lord, 2018. Free-for-all means anything you want to talk about is fair game, and it is not going to be interrupted by a big cavalcade of guests today uh, because we are guest-free in this second hour as well as the first. So if you want to dial, this is a great time to dial. Your wait should be minimal. I won't say non-existent, but I will say minimal because I do have some other things that I want to say. Some important things that I really feel the need to share with you as we approach D-Day, which would be decision day tomorrow for senators. You just heard in the news report, four senators could ultimately be the deciding factors uh, in this uh, in this confirmation fight. Those four are well-known to you. Joe Manchin, the Democrat, who's in a red state, who uh, is fighting for his political survival and does not want to anger red state voters. He may support the um, uh, confirmation of Judge Kavanaugh because of that. Uh, the other two are, uh, the other three rather, are Republicans, Jeff Flake, because he is indeed Snow Flake, uh, and then Lisa Murkowski and Susan Collins. So those are the four individuals who are going to play such a massive role in this thing uh, when the vote comes around tomorrow. The cloture vote, of course, today will lead us to the full Senate vote tomorrow. And this is exactly what we are, we, you know, we've been waiting for. Now, as we analyze this <clears throat> and as we. Spend, as I've done for the last several days, you know, presenting more conservative arguments or presentations um, of the reasons why Brett Kavanaugh is being railroaded, the reasons why the Democrats have done it, what their end game is, um, and responded with righteous indignation and anger at this entire situation. I want to shift gears a little bit and switch it up. And I want to share with you a view from the other side. Because this view from the other side is, in my estimation, far, far more persuasive than the view from the conservative side. Brett Stevens writes for the New York Times. Automatically you should stop and you should, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Why do you want to read something from the New York Times? The New York Times is virulently anti-Trump. It is fake news uh, of the highest order. And it is, you know, fundamentally unfair about as bad as anything in media. It's right there up with MSNBC and CNN in terms of their lies and distortions, The Washington Post, the Los Angeles Times, and so on and so forth, right? Automatically, you should be saying, "Bob, don't." Brett Stevens is one of the most liberal writers for this most liberal publication. He is so anti-trump, it seeps out of his pores. He cannot stand Donald Trump. He has written the most horrific and vile things about Donald Trump, which is why his voice here speaks the loudest. The headline of Brett Stevens' op ed yesterday is this For once, I'm grateful for Trump. The subheadline to Brett Stevens' of the New York Times column is In the President. One big bully stands up to others. I'll let his words explain. Quoting Brett Stevens, far-left writer, far-left anti-Trumper for the far-left New York Times. Quote, For the first time since Donald Trump entered the political fray, I find myself grateful that he's in it. I'm reluctant to admit it and astonished to say it, especially since the president mocked Christine Blasey Ford in his ugly and gratuitous way at a rally on Tuesday. Perhaps it's worth unpacking this admission for those who might be equally astonished to read it. I'm grateful because Trump has not backed down in the face of the slipperiness, hypocrisy, and dangerous standard setting deployed by opponents of Brett Kavanaugh's nomination to the Supreme Court. I'm grateful because ferocious and even crass obstinacy has has its uses in life. And never more so than in the face of sly moral bullying. I'm grateful because he's a big fat hammer fending off a razor sharp dagger. A few moments have crystallized my view over the past few days. The first moment was a remark by a friend. I'd rather be accused of murder, he said, than of sexual assault. I feel the same way. One can think of excuses for killing a man, none for assaulting a woman. But if that's true, so is this. Falsely accusing a person of sexual assault is nearly as despicable as sexual assault itself. It inflicts psychic, familial, reputational, and professional harms that can last a lifetime. This is nothing to sneer at. The second moment writes liberal writer Brett Stevens of the liberal New York Times. Connected to the first. Boo-hoo-hoo, Brett Kavanaugh is not a victim. That's the title of a column in the Los Angeles Times, which suggests that the possibility of Kavanaugh's innocence is infinitesimal. Yet false allegations of rape, while relatively rare, are at least five times as common as false accusations of other types of crime. Since when did the possibility of innocence become, for today's liberals, something to wave off with an archly unfeeling boo-hoo? A third moment connected to the second. Listening to Cory Booker explain on Tuesday that ultimately it doesn't matter if Kavanaugh is guilty or innocent because enough questions had been raised that it was time to move on to another candidate. This is a rhetorical sleight of hand in three acts. Elide one or Elide, the one question that really matters, raised a secondary set of questions that are wholly the result of the question you've decided to ignore. Call for another candidate because it will push confirmation hearings past the midterms, which was the democratic objective long before the before most anyone had ever heard of Blase's allegation. I'm gonna pause in reading Brett Stevens' words there to underscore that. This is something I have been shouting for weeks. This is something that a few other conservatives in the media have been shouting as well, that this is not about guilt or innocence of Brett Kavanaugh. They know they cannot prove his guilt. This is about just keeping the questions alive long enough to delay the vote past the midterms. That's what this has all been about from the beginning. But for Bob France to say it might not mean much to you. For other conservatives to admit that or to say that might not mean much to you. For a far left New York Times columnist like Brett Stevens to acknowledge this is what the Democrats' goal was from the beginning, now it means something to you. Continuing Brett Stevens' op ed yesterday in the New York Times. Fourth moment. Watching Julie Swetnick, the woman accused, who accused Kavanaugh of attending parties decades earlier where women were gang raped, change key details of her story in an interview with NBC News. Swetnick's claims border on the preposterous. They're wholly uncorroborated, but that didn't keep Kavanaugh's opponents in politics and the press from seizing them as evidence of corroboration with Blasey's allegation, which is not preposterous, but is also largely uncorroborated, and with the allegation of Kavanaugh's Yale classmate Deborah Ramirez, uncorroborated again. Uncorroborated plus uncorroborated plus largely uncorroborated is not the accumulation of questions, much less of evidence. It is the duplication of hearsay. I'm going to pause there to underscore that. Brett Stevens, liberal writer for the New York Times, Acknowledging uncorroborated plus uncorroborated plus largely uncorroborated is not the accumulation of questions, much less of evidence. It is simply the duplication of hearsay. Fifth moment, writes Stevens. Reading about a 1985 bar fight at Yale, a story that involved Kavanaugh throwing ice, resulted in no charges against him and should never have been reported. Or reading a 1983 handwritten letter by Kavanaugh in which he says of his gang of friends that we're loud, obnoxious drunks with prolific pukers among us. Adolescent boasting now treated as if it's a crucial piece of incriminating evidence. Or hearing from Yale classmates who claim to have seen Kavanaugh drunk, which somehow is supposed to show that he's a demonstrable perjurer and possible sex offender. Will a full-bore investigation of adolescent behavior now become a standard part of the job interview for all senior office holders? I'm for it, provided we can start with your adolescent behavior as it relates to your next job. Sixth moment. Listening to Richard Blumenthal lecture Kavanaugh on the legal concept of falsus in omnibus. False in one thing, false in everything. When the senator from Connecticut lied shamelessly for years about his military service. And then feeling grateful to Trump for having the, uh, the simple nerve to point out this naked hypocrisy. Seventh moment. Listening to Diane Feinstein denounce Kavanaugh for failing to reflect an important temper I'm sorry, an impartial temperament or the fairness and even handedness one would see in a judge. This lecture would have gone down more easily if Feinstein hadn't gamed the process for her own partisan purposes and at huge personal cost to Kavanaugh and Blase alike. Almost done, but stay with me. Eighth moment being quizzed in recent days about my teenage years at a New England boarding school, the subtext being that I must know something about the elite prep schools and the mentality of boys who attend them. I do. I was at boarding school where I first formed, or excuse me, it was at boarding school where I first formed lasting friendships with kids of different races and economic backgrounds and where liberal-leaning teachers showed us how to think critically, keep an open mind, and value tolerance and respect. I have no idea if Georgetown prep was anything like that but the facile stereotype of white privilege that keeps cropping up in the discussions of Kavanaugh's background is yet another is yet another ugly tactic in the battle to defeat him. We will soon learn enough excuse me we will learn soon enough what if anything the FBI has gleaned from its investigation of Kavanaugh. If the bureau finds persuasive evidence of Blasey's charge the judge will have to step down and answer for it. Until then, I will admit to feeling grateful that, in Trump, at least one big bully was willing to stand up to others. And that's the end of the piece. That piece, in my estimation, is more powerful in the effort to confirm Brett Kavanaugh and to defeat the liars using the Me Too movement to try to stop a duly appointed well-qualified judicial nominee from joining the Supreme Court that anything any conservative could have written. And I've read to you from Andy McCarthy. I have read to you from the Wall Street Journal. I have read to you from, I mean, some of the most prominent uh, conservative voices out there. Some wonderful, wonderful work, completely absolving uh, Brett Kavanaugh, all of the things that have been levied against him and proving the dishonesty of not only uh, Christine Blasey Ford but also of Deborah Ramirez and also of Julie Swatnick and also of Diane Feinstein, Cory Booker, Maisie Hirono, uh, Richard Blumenthal, Dick Durbin, and the rest of the liars in the Democrat Senate. We've, we've gotten all of those things, and none of it is as big and as important and as well done as what this far-left Trump-hating writer for the New York Times just did. This is what needs to be shared everywhere, and this is what needs to be shared with the four swing voters who are going to decide this confirmation when the full Senate votes tomorrow. All right, it's 1021. Your phone calls directly after traffic right here on AM 1420, The Answer. Ten twenty-six. Now the Bob France Authority continues. AM fourteen twenty. The answer to the phones. We go two one six nine zero one zero nine four five. John has been waiting in Chardon. You're next, John. Go ahead.
3: Hey Bob, <clears throat> there's three points that I'd like to make this morning. First, uh, one the one things, one of the things on the side of truth I heard once, and I'd like to uh, repeat it re- to remind people of, is that before the Kavanaugh original hearing he met with uh, Feinstein. At that point, she had uh, the allegation letter from Ford, but of course said nothing about it to to him. So i just like to remind people that she is a snake. Uh, my second point is, uh, a couple weeks ago, I called and I uh, alluded to an email. And uh, I quoted, and there was an inappropriate airway word there.
2: Yeah, I remember.
3: So, yeah, okay. So I'd like to read it now with an appropriate word, substituting an appropriate word, okay? Go ahead. So what, what it is is a picture of a woman's face, and she's winking. And she says, remember, liberal ladies, if you can't beat them, just suddenly remember that they touched your rear end years ago and a good sex story cancels out democracy every time. So anyway.
2: It's true. That. It's true yeah. that this is exactly what this is an example of. There, there, yeah. There's never been a better example of this. This is exactly that. We can't stop him on his, his qualifications. He's going to get the votes because he is qualified. We can't stop him on his politics because uh, that's not enough to, to to deny him the office. He'll have the votes for that. The only thing we can do is make it morally repugnant for anybody to vote for him. Let's call him a rapist. That's exactly right. what this is. Exactly. What was the last thing? Did you have one more? The, or last, was that it?
3: Thing is, mm-hmm. the last thing is that... You know, Kavanaugh, you know, his family's devastated and so on. They've got to be so proud of him today because he's going to get confirmed. They're meeting right now in the preliminary vote, and and he's going to be confirmed. And, boy, they just have to, they've always been proud of him, and they have to be even more proud of him today as far as what he's accomplished. I mean, he's going to be a figure in history uh, because of what is happening here.
2: Yeah, well, there's no question about it. You know, they're very near history books. You know, I mean, literally in two, three, four years, kids are going to be learning about what was done to a Supreme Court candidate in 2018 and what it did to the process. What it does to the process won't be known until there's the next one. And by the way, it won't even be known until if the next one is within the Trump presidency. You know, with if Ruth, if Ruth Bader Ginsburg, you know, I saw a funny meme floating around the Internet yesterday that said Ruth Bader Ginsburg is going to resign because she will refuse to be in the same room with Brett Kavanaugh in protest. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, if that were only true. Talk about a bonus. Then to be able to say, get out, Ruthie, and bring in Amy Coney Barrett, thank goodness, that would be just too much to wish for. But if she does, for whatever reason, resign or cannot, or uh, retire, cannot uh, continue to, to serve on the court, if it happens in the next two or six years with President Trump, we'll have more of the same. So we won't be able to tell. What we'll really be able to tell is when there's a new president and another Supreme Court vacancy happens. That will then write the history of what 2018 did to the process of confirming Supreme Court, Supreme court candidates for the future of, of the future history. How about that of our country? News time now, more of your calls next. AM 1420, the answer. Yeah, we're bad,
0: there are two sides to every story. There's the mainstream media side, and then there's the truth. You are experiencing the truth. The Bob France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer.
2: If you were with me uh, last hour, you heard me just kind of play acting a situation in which, um, you know, a person might respond to being called terrible things and about how that might raise their level of anger and frustration as opposed to remaining poised and calm during such terrible things that have been said about you. This is the Twitter version of that from Matt Walsh, conservative uh, pundit Matt Walsh. You're a rapist. No, I'm not. Actually, you're a drunken rapist exhibitionist pervert. No, that's not true. Actually, you're the ringleader and mastermind of a robing mob of violent serial gang rapists. Please stop this. Oh, my God, your temperament is terrible. That's it. That's in less than 280 characters. Calm, second allegation, calm, third allegation, beyond your wildest imaginations of perversion, little louder and a little bit more aggravated by the allegations, and oh my God, you have a terrible temperament. How dare you get angry at being called a rapist? How dare you show any sense of of personal pride in your name and in defense of your family while you're being called a serial rapist? What's the matter with you? You can't be on the bench. You're a hothead. And that's, that's, that's what they want you to swallow now. They couldn't stop him on his qualifications because he's qualified. They couldn't stop him on his political ideology because his political, political ideology is not relevant when he is a constitutionalist. They tried to stop him on sexual assault and gang rape charges. They couldn't stop him on that. So now they're going to try to stop him on the you don't have the right temperament. You got mad when we called you a serial gang rapist in public for three weeks and while your family has been violently threatened Let me rephrase, threatened with extreme violence, including rape and murder of your wife and daughters. How dare you get mad at that? Let's go to uh, who's waiting? Um, TJ's waiting. That's who? TJ, you're on AM 1420, the answer. Go ahead.
4: Yeah. Hi, Bob. You know, before I make my point, one quick thing I seen on the internet, it was kind of amusing. Trump should have nominated Hillary Clinton for a Supreme Court, then would finally get an FBI investigation on her. But uh, the point I want to make. I would like to see your first caller, who regurgitated that talking point about uh, Judge Kavanaugh's angry demeanor. Yeah. I'd like to see him walk in on a job interview when the human resource manager says, we don't think we can hire you because there's been uncooperated accusations that you're a serial race a rapist, uh, a drunk, uh, an exposure. But just to be on the safe side, I'm going to bring all my managers in to say what they think. And they tell you the same thing. And then they said, you know, not only don't we think we're going to hire you, but we're going to contact the news media to report this uncooperated, you know, uh, attacks. And then we're going to encourage people to uh, threaten your wife and your daughters with rape and murder. Now, I don't know how this Tony would react, but I know how I'd react. Before I left that room, I would have punched everybody in the mouth on the way out the door. And then I would have tracked down the journalist that wrote that garbage about me and gave him the same treatment. Now, in retrospect, I think Judge Kavanaugh acted with great restraint.
2: I completely concur, because I'm with you. That's the kind of thing that would would probably make me resort to physical uh, defense of my family. Uh, I probably would do the same thing you did, which is why I could never be on the Supreme Court. You could never be on the Supreme Court, but you 're right. All Judge Kavanaugh did in response was raise his voice a little, raise his voice and describe the uh, uh, the allegations against him as being a circus, as being a joke uh, and being uh, an affront to everything decent uh, i all things all things considered, I agree with you. He showed great restraint he, despite his anger, his justified anger. He showed great restraint. TJ, thanks so much for the call. Sharon has been waiting patiently in Hudson. Uh, next on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Sharon, go ahead.
5: Good morning, Bob. I'm angry, and nobody's uh, accused me of anything yet. Um, I've been angry for a long time over this. What, what we have to remember is that the Democrats are not only concerned, very concerned about this uh, judge's seat. But for the last three weeks, that's all this country's been talking about. So here we are, close to the midterm elections, and nobody's talking, for instance, today that we have uh, the lowest unemployment since 1969. So these people out there that should be campaigning about what's going well in this country since Trump has been put in, we're talking about 36-year-old supposed sex allegations. I never from Thursday when I sat down and watched her um, testimony, I did not believe a word she said. She's not a victim. She's a liar. She's a Democratic operative. She should be prosecuted after what she's done. She's turned this whole election into a fiasco. And I can give you Nine reasons why I think she was a liar. And um, from her voice, well, well, let me, let
2: me, yeah, yeah, let me, let me jump in, let me jump in, Sharon, because. Yeah, I know. I know. I because uh, you know I've done the same thing as you and I, I share your anger by the way because you're 100% right. Uh I didn't believe one word, one syllable from the moment she started talking, but it was nice in the subsequent days to get all of the proof uh that that you know that that you know exposed her for being the liar that she is and I've kind of been listing those things as well. The key here to me for what you're saying and that I completely agree with Sharon and thank you so much for your phone call is she needs to be prosecuted. She told those lies under oath. She perjured herself, and that should require some sort of of punitive action being taken against her if for no not for for vengeance sake, although there should be some you know desire for vengeance on the part of Brett Kavanaugh against those who would lie and bear false witness against him in such a public forum, but not just for revenge at the sake of vengeance but for deterrence of other people doing the same thing. I want the next woman who would bring such a you know an obviously fabricated allegation against an innocent person for the purpose of destroying him for their own personal political gain or the political gain of their friends and their, uh, uh, their their politically connected allies I want the next person who considers such a thing to realize, but am I willing to go to jail for it? Am I willing to go to jail for bringing these lies? Am I willing to go to jail the way Christine Blase Ford did, the way that uh, Julie Swetnick did and others? And am I willing to lose everything I have because I hope there's a lawsuit, a civil lawsuit that sues them for every nickel they have or ever will gain in the rest of their life? Because you know what? You know what uh, uh, Christine Blasey Ford has from all of this? She's got over a million dollars in GoFundMe accounts that have been raised for her. She's got over a million dollars. And you know what else she's got in her near future? A book deal. In fact, I would not be surprised if one of those liberal cable networks that have popped up, like Vice, or, a pop, uh, what's it called? Pop, not Pop Land, something. one of those liberal networks is going to make this a TV movie. Make, make no, or a TV miniseries. Make no mistake. She is going to be enriched by her lies and her attempts to destroy Brett Kavanaugh. So to me, Brett Kavanaugh, as soon as he is confirmed, should have his attorneys draw up the civil lawsuit against her for any future earnings that she may make from telling and repeating her lies. That might deter these kinds of people from coming forward with such scurrilous, ridiculous, reprehensible, uncorroborated uh, allegations. Lisa in Medina is next on AM 1420, The Answer. Hey, Lisa, how are you?
6: Hey, I'm fine. A little disturbed on the conversation. Um, Just want to remind the listeners that this is so little about the Supreme Court and much more about an attempted coup of the left to take over our government. And this is just a piece of it. Really enjoyed the trip to DC. Met a lot of great people. Most of the people on the bus I didn't know, and now I now I do because of spending all that time together. And um, you know, it was it it was a weird feeling. It was a little disturbing. the 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 rally was.
2: I'm just glad you went, uh, uh, Lisa. I'm just glad you went last week and not yesterday.
6: Oh, (laughs) I mean, while it might
2: have been, while it might have been, you know. Moderately satisfying to be standing there telling the truth in the midst of thousands of people telling lies. You've probably seen some of the viral videos of of innocent people being attacked by these psychotic, uh, tolerant, peaceful people who are there screaming and screeching in defense of, of women and calling men, uh, uh, you know, serial rapists and so on and so forth. It might have been satisfying to be there to confront them, but it probably would have been probably would have been violent. So I'm glad your bus trip was last yeah.
6: week. Mob man mentality is yeah. is absolutely dangerous, and I think that's why even last week we we ran into uh, uh, Senator Portman on the street, actually. And you know he looked so concerned when Bill Batchelder came to our uh, meeting two weeks ago. You know tears came to his eyes as he was speaking because he came so so concerned. And I think some of our elected officials that are actually in there, you know, can. Know that it's probably even more serious than we even know, and to, to make no mistake, that this is a very serious election, and it, and all these people that are running against our good conservatives are funded by George Soros. This is this is a, a, a just oh, outrageous.
2: Yeah, and, and, and the MoveOn, as you know, MoveOn.org, which is threatening, quote, direct action on D.C. if he is confirmed, uh, that's, a, that's another George Soros-funded operation. These are paid activists out there being actresses and actors, and, yes, being violent uh, in some of these protests, you know, demanding to be arrested. You saw that some of those celebrities, right, like uh, Amy Schumer and one of the other uh, idiot Hollywood uh, celebrities, they're on Twitter now claiming they were arrested. For, for simply engaging in their right to protest. There is video of them being asked by police officers to move, and if they don't, uh, they, the officer said to them, would you like to be arrested? And they said, yes, please. They wanted to be arrested so that they could then declare themselves to be sacrificing themselves and their own personal good names and records for something that is a bigger cause than this. So um, they're they so deceptive, they're so dangerous, they're so de- duplicitous, and quite frankly, uh, I, the sooner that they are all gone, uh, the better. because. I I I've, I've 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 almost reached my own breaking point.
6: Yeah. I I don't need any more proof. We have to organize. We have to win these elections and continue to meet often. And and I also would like to just throw in there that for for some folks to remind that we do not have a McFan meeting this weekend because our meetings are not every other Saturday, but rather the second and fourth Saturdays of the month. And this is one of those lucky times where I get an extra an extra week in between, so I can breathe a little. And boy, I needed it. After
2: yeah, I know Saturday. you do. I know you do. You <laughs> deserve it with everything you're doing with Medina County Friends and Neighbors, and of course with the State of Ohio School Board as well. So keep up the great work, Lisa. Thanks for weighing in. Thank it's you. always great to hear from you. You got it. Appreciate that. Thank All right, you. it's ten. It's ten forty-seven. Want to get a couple more quick phone calls in. On the other side, by the way, of the, uh, of the traffic we're about to hit. Um, I want No, it's okay. Come on. Uh, we're going to go to traffic here. On the other side, i got time for a couple more phone calls. And also, I want to play a little bit of our own Ohio Senator, Rob Portman, who took to the floor of the Senate last night to explain why he is voting for Judge Kavanaugh. It's very revealing, and I'll share that with you coming up as well. Final segment to come on AM 1420, The Answer. Get there. All right, 10.50, final segment of the Bob France Authority. Let's uh, get a couple more quick ones in here from Tony in South Euclid first. Uh, Tony, you're on the air. Go ahead.
7: Yes, uh, Tony from South Euclid. Listen, I, I, I'd like to make a rebuttal. I don't get a chance to say things. Uh, comment. First of all, I got two strikes against me. Against me.
2: You had wait, 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 hold on. Is this the Tony who called earlier today?
7: Yes it is. And I would like to rebuttal because
2: Well no, this isn't how this works. Tony, Tony, this isn't I'm 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 gonna let you talk, but just this is not how this works. We don't have calls and then recalls and then back and forth and so on. It's one call per day. That's just the way talk radio works. One call per day, always, no no exceptions. but 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 I, uh, but but say, because you're here and I want to be kind, I'll give you a second here to say what you want to say. But just please don't make this the habit. We don't take recalls after somebody says something and then you don't like what a pre, what another caller says after you. But I'll, I'll make an exception this time. Go ahead.
7: Well, the thing I would like to say is that first of all, you have Mr. Trump on Kavanaugh's side. You have the press on your side. You have the highest court in the land. You are representing uh, all the people you are advocating in front of uh, nationwide, internationally, on the allegations against you. If I personally was in a job interview in a local business, well, it would be a whole different story. And if, by chance, they would uh, 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 have allegations or, or insinuate allegations against me that were false and then they would say something that they would want to go to the media and they want to exploit me, I wouldn't have a problem with it. I would be able, that would be something that would be on my side. If they would not go to the media, if they would not pursue anything further and just insinuate allegations, then I'm going to be at a weaker point. So to put this all in a nutshell, what I would just like to say is that if you are in a job interview and it's right, Tony
2: Tony Tony plan. I got to go Tony I got to go I've heard your argument before and now you're making it a second time I disagreed with it then I disagree with it triple now okay it's just you want to argue with TJ I'll get you his email address and you guys can go at it find each other on social media or something if you want to argue the way he d- described it fine this is not a job interview I kind of deconstructed that argument a long time ago respectfully uh in the first hour I'm not going to do it again uh if anybody wants to hear that again uh by all means listen to Tony's first call and listen to my response to it uh in the first hour of our podcast it should be up at whkradio.com very very shortly check it out for yourself because i'm not going to have the same argument rick in twinsburg you're next hi rick go ahead
7: hey uh uh, my calls about uh chuck schumer i just want to thank chuck schumer because if it wasn't for him lowering the the uh process down to 50 votes we would never get chavanaugh through
2: so it's a big shout. No, 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 not, not, Chuck Schumer. Schumer. not Chuck Schumer, not Chuck Schumer, not Chuck Schumer. That was Harry Reid. That was back when Harry Reid was the majority leader. Oh. He's the one who pulled that nuclear option that, that, that gave a, you know, let us get where we are now.
7: Well, thank you, Harry Reid. <laughs> uh,
2: so
7: we, would never, we would never get 60 ever again. And I can't wait for the next one when Ginsburg has to retire. I'm, I'm Uh, You know
2: what what I want to know? What I want to know, honestly, Rick, since you brought her up, I want to know why she isn't being forced to retire right now, because she once got drunk while on the job. You've seen that photo of her falling asleep while she was pictured with all of the other justices at a State of the Union address, and she it was was acknowledged by her people that she was not entirely sober at the time she was at that event. She was drunk and fell asleep and passed out during the event. So if they're trying to make being a drinker in high school a disqualifying factor for Kavanaugh, then it ought to boot-dub Ginsburg right out of her Um, robe.
7: And if you remember when, well, for me, when Trump was elected, it was all the way up to Inauguration Day that I uncrossed my fingers, because I thought for sure that the powers on the left were going to not let that happen.
2: Well, Uh, you know, I I think a lot of us felt the same way. So you know what, Rick? It worked. So keep your fingers crossed until Kavanaugh is confirmed tomorrow. Would you do that, please? Oh, uh, yeah, I... I, (laughs)
7: What else are they going to bring up? Everybody knows
2: that they're they're fake now. Well, it's no, it's nothing. It's not. They don't have to bring it. They don't have to bring anything else up. It's just you have to cross your fingers that Flake will vote yes, that Collins or Murkowski or both of them will vote yes, because we know that um, uh, you know we got our hands full here. We got a very serious problem. Heidkamp Camp is not going to give us any cover. Only Mansion is the only Democrat who might get us there. So I don't want to have this to come down to Mike Pence casting the vote as the President of the Senate. So keep your fingers crossed no. that Flake and the other Republicans actually do their sworn jobs the right way. I want to play this, uh, if I can, real quick here, just a couple of minutes of it before the top of the hour. Uh, last night, Ohio's own Senator Rob Portman uh, took the Senate floor to explain why he was in support and will vote for Judge Kavanaugh's confirmation tomorrow.
8: I'm going to talk about the facts. i want to talk about the facts as I know them. First, I know Brett Kavanaugh. I have known Brett and his wife, Ashley, for more than 15 years since we worked together in the George W. Bush White House. I've seen them in tough situations. I've seen them tested. I've seen their character. I've known Brett not so much as a legal scholar or a judge or a professor, but as a colleague and a friend and a father and a husband. And I've known him as someone who is smart, thoughtful, and compassionate. Among White House colleagues, I know that he is universally viewed that way. He was at the time, and he still is today, as we've seen from the testimony of so many men and women who have worked with him. I also know that Brett Kavanaugh has been a widely respected public servant for nearly three decades, including the last 12 years as a judge on the D.C. Circuit Court.
2: going to skip ahead now to a little bit more of the more compelling uh, remarks by Senator Rob Portman.
8: The committee was ready to vote. Just before the vote in committee came the allegations of sexual assault and calls for delay. As wrong as it was for members of the U.S. Senate to keep the allegations of Dr. Ford secret until after the normal process had been completed, then spring it on the committee, the Senate, and the country, I thought that because of the seriousness of the allegations, it would also have been wrong not to take a pause and to hear from Dr. Ford. And Judge Kavanaugh, and we did. Chairman Chuck Grassley of the Judiciary Committee was accused by someone on my side of the aisle of bending over backwards.
2: He did, and he was bending over backwards in order to accommodate uh, Christine Blasey Ford. That's exactly what had happened here.
8: Simply put, based on the hearings, the Judiciary Committee investigation, and the FBI supplemental investigation, there is no evidence to support the serious allegations against Judge Kavanaugh. Of course, there have been six previous FBI investigations also in his 25 years of public service. In America, there's a presumption of innocence. When there's no evidence to corroborate a charge, there's a presumption of innocence that we must be very careful to pay heed to
2: and one that we absolutely must respect if we are to maintain the constitutional republic uh, that we have been given. That was just a little bit of uh, Rob Portman. He spoke for about 12 minutes last night on the Senate floor, explaining clearly why he will vote tomorrow when the full Senate comes to a vote. There's the procedural cloture vote today going on, right now, in fact. But when the full Senate votes tomorrow, Rob Portman will cast a vote in favor of confirming Judge Kavanaugh, as he should, and he just wanted the, uh, the rest of the country to know exactly why and to encourage his other Republican senators and some on the Democrat side to do the same. That's where we're going to have to wrap it today. It's been an unbelievable week of conversation, debate, discussion, guests, interviews, analysis. And guess what? After tomorrow, when we have the vote up or down on Judge Kavanaugh, it's going to set up even more next week. I will talk to you then. Have a great weekend.
7: Enjoy the silence